folks, I hope you're ready because today we're getting into part two here of the uh, titled episode of Which Kingdom Are You Expanding? And last time we were talking about uh, the kingdom of light. And today I believe we're going to get into the kingdom of darkness. Is that right, Rick? That's correct. All right, well, let's get on into it then. All right, we're going to start off in Luke chapter 11, verse 18, and it reads, If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I say this because you claim that I drive out demons by Beelzebub. So this is Jesus talking to the Pharisees, Mm -hmm. and Jesus is proclaiming that Satan exists, Mm -hmm. and he is a person because he says divided against himself, so he's referring to Satan as a actual being, and it says, how can his kingdom stand? So Satan has a kingdom, and he has demons, Mm -hmm. and I've heard over the years some people say, well, Satan doesn't exist, and demons don't exist, and it's just symbolic for evil or whatever. But right here, Jesus is plainly saying, telling us Satan exists, he has a kingdom, and he has demons. Well, you know, if, uh, oh, it was a movie I watched, and I can't remember the name of it. It's been many, many, many years ago, but, uh, in the movie it stated, um, the thing that, uh, the greatest trick the devil ever played was making the world believe that he didn't exist. Mm -hmm. Because without that, there's no consequences for action. There is no good and bad, no right or wrong, Mm -hmm. right? There's just doing. Yeah. So, yep. But here, you're right. It specifically lays out that there is a Satan, a Lucifer. Right. And his kingdom is one of darkness, and he likes operating in the dark because when the light shines on him. Right, it exposes. It exposes him. Right. right. And he, and he scatters like cockroaches, you know, the light shines and they all scatter. That's exactly right. And the next couple passages we're going to talk about, it gives us a, a little bit of insight into where Satan came from. Okay. And these two passages are actually a prophetic re- rebuke against the king of Tyre. Okay. Um, but because the king of Tyre's attitude and his actions paralleled that of Satan's before the fall, before Satan fell, um, it's used in this prophecy kind of as, as a parallel. Um, so God's using what Satan did and what happened to Satan to rebuke the king of Tyre because their attitudes and actions were very similar. Gotcha. And the first one is in Ezekiel chapter 28, and it's verse 12 through 15. It it reads, You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you, carnelian, chrysolite, and emerald, topaz, onyx, and jasper, lapis lazuli, Turquoise and burl, your settings and mountings were made of gold. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. You were anointed as a guardian cherub, for so, for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God, and you walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in all your ways from the day that you were created till wickedness was found in you. Mm-hmm. And so this was um, this was was Satan. Before he was known as Lucifer, mm-hmm. he was a high-ranking angel. Right. He ministered in the presence of God. And it's interesting, it tells us here that uh, he had all these dazzling stones embedded in his being. Mm-hmm. And when the glory of God shone forth from reflected, God, yeah. yeah, it reflected off of him and created great beauty, a yep. dazzling appearance. Absolutely. And uh, I like to point out that Satan or Lucifer eventually got filled with pride. You know, he lost sight of the fact that his greatness originated with God's glory. Right. Um, and, and I want to caution every child of God out there, no matter how successful you get in life, your talents and abilities 
came from God. That's right. They originated from God, uh, especially ministers, no matter how big your ministry gets. You know, don't get puffed up like the king of Babylon and said, I did this. Right. You know, God I mean, gave some grass for a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, God gave every highly successful minister or all ministers. It doesn't matter if you have a big ministry or a small ministry. You know, as long as you're building the kingdom of God and right. being a good and faithful servant, that's all that counts. Right. Um, but no matter what your accomplishments, it all originated with God. He gave, he put the calling on. That's right. You know, each of us, he put the gifts and talents on each one of us, the anointing on each one of us to do what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And we, we never want to lose sight of that. That's right. Yeah. He mistaken the light reflected from the light, you know, and, 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 and illuminating out of him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That he was the source. And, right. And that's really, you know, yeah. Where, where, where we fall. <laughs> yeah. We stumble. Yeah. Right. And then uh, the other thing I like about this passage is verse 15. It says, you were blameless in your ways from the day you were created. Now, there's a school of thought out there that God purposely created Satan to be evil. Right. And that God purposely created evil and, and sinners um, because without wickedness, how could we know how good good is? Without Satan, how could we know how great God is? And this verse right here, one little verse, right, just refutes all that. Refutes all that, yeah, because yeah. it says that Lucifer was blameless in all his ways from the day he was created. Yep. So just like everything God creates, it was good and it was light. Yep. And um, but he also, when he creates a being, he gives him a free will. Angels have free wills. We have free wills. And unfortunately, with his free will, Lucifer chose one day to have wickedness, right. you know, wickedness within him. Yep. And Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 through 14 says, how you have fallen from heaven, morning star. And, and that's what Lucifer means. Morning star, a great light, son of the dawn. Um, that's what Lucifer stands for. Um, you have been cast down to earth. You who once laid low the nations, you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the Mount of Assembly, on the utmost heights of Mount Zephon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. Right. And we see here... A whole bunch of eyes in there. Did you get yeah, a whole bunch of eyes and a whole bunch of my will be done, yeah. not God's. That's right. And there's six times he said, I will. I will ascend. You know, he rebelled against anything that God wanted him to do. And decided for himself, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to do. Right. You know, I will ascend. It didn't say God invited me to ascend. Yeah. It says, you know, I will raise my throne. It didn't say that God ordained me to lift up my throne. You know, I will sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly. It didn't say God commissioned me to do that. Right. So he totally disregard, uh, disregarded anything that God wanted him, created him to do and wanted him to do and said, for now on, this is what I want and I'm going to make it happen. And ultimately he said, I will make myself like the most high. Yep. And God is the one and only sovereign, all powerful, almighty, ever living, self-existent God. There's none like him. Yes. So. You know, that's why everything the devil does is a counterfeit. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. it tries to look like, tries to be like, but it cannot, you know, hold the essence of mm -hmm. and, and be the authentic thing. Yeah. That is God. Yeah. And he also likes to twist and pervert. Right. You know, you see that a lot in today, mm -hmm. you know, with f marriage. You know, God set up marriage a certain way. Right. 
Satan is manipulating man to twist that. That's right. God set up male and female. Yeah. You know, and now we've got what? 8,200 genders? Right. Yeah. Now you just can't say any gender. But yeah. there's, you know, there's a count, it's a counterfeit for that then. It's a counterfeit love, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's false and, and empty and, um, and just not really satisfying, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, because yeah. we always will be seeking until we find the actual love of God. Um, and then when we find that love, uh, we want to know the truth. Mm-hmm. And truth is not based upon your belief of whether it's true or not. That's, that's irrelevant. Truth is truth based upon the factual knowledge of what God says Mm -hmm. is. Right. So whether you believe there's 800,000 different genders or not, doesn't make it true. Right. There's only two genders assigned by God. There's only one, um, marriage set up. Yeah. That's right. Covenant Mm -hmm. between it. So just because we may believe different doesn't mean that it's true. Yeah. And just because man passes a law or a Supreme court makes a ruling, God doesn't bow down to anything, any institution of man. That's right. You know, so he does, you know, if, if a, a Supreme Court of a country rules contrary to the word of God, mm-hmm. God's not faced by that. He's not going to say, oh, well, okay, you know, give me the white out. Right. Let me change what it says in the Bible. Yeah. You know, and we also need to know that, and I know the Bible says to obey the laws of the land, but when those laws of the land are then in defiance of God's truth and his laws and what he's established, then we follow God, not the laws of the land, because that would be the law of man, not the law of God. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. I've heard that argument too. It says, oh, well, since they, you know, we have a law, we're supposed to, you know, abide by the law of the land. So if it tells us to do this, mm-hmm. not, 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 not if it's in contrary, you know, contradiction to what God has told us in the, in the Bible, mm-hmm. what his word to us. Yes. Yeah. Now I'm not saying go out and persecute. A same sex couple, no, couple not. somewhere out in public, you no, know, you're told to love them. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, it's it, not our place to judge and condemn that's sinners. That's exactly right. And, and you hit the nail on the head. You know, we're, we're commanded to love them. That's right. But it doesn't mean we acquiesce to that. It doesn't mean we condone it. We don't, it doesn't mean we no. teach our children, Hey, this is right no, conduct but, now. You know, and I, I think back to when Jesus was talking about, you know, who are you to go and tell somebody, you know, to get the, the speck out of their eye when you got a log in your own. Mm-hmm. I mean, now that doesn't say, didn't say that you ignore that there's a speck there, but you, you know, you need to deal with your own self, uh, and what you got going on in your own life with this. But, you know, we call sin, sin, and that's really what it is because without knowing that it is a sin and that there is hope for, uh, salvation. See, the problem is, is that we've taken hell out of gospel. We've taken anything. We've taken, we've taken the ramifications of actions out of things. And matter of fact, I can't tell you the last time I think I've ever even heard somebody preach on hell. Hell is still hot. Mm. I mean, it's still, that is a real viable option of the denying of the gospel yeah. of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said that the, the gate to hell and the road is very wide, very wide and a multitude enter in. That's right. That's right. So it's really, it's not about going out there and being, you know, persecuting somebody uh, for what they're doing wrong as much as it is, is being the light of God is what we're talking about to shine onto that darkness that's in them to illuminate it. So where they have to make a choice of what the, do they accept the truth or not? So no, we don't beat them up. We love them. We expose it with our love too, for Jesus Christ, that light that comes in us. Cause we don't have supernatural love. It only comes from God. Mm-hmm. And so then once it does, they get to make a decision with that. But anyway, we kind yeah. of went off onto a tangent, yeah. but, but so, it's very important. I think that we understand this, that, yeah. that, you know, yes, Satan is real. Yes. The kingdom of darkness is real. Yes. Hell is real. 
But, you know, people need to understand that it's not just a free ride ticket that uh, Satan really does exist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And get us back on track there. Well, we're on track because we just got talked. We just talked about Satan twisting and perverting things. Yes. And so that's what he did when he deceived mankind in the garden. That's right. He, he, he upset what God had set in place. Mm -hmm. And that's in Genesis chapter three, verses four through eight. It says, um, he, he's talking to the woman and he starts out with a blatant lie and then he tries to candy coat it with a little bit of truth. He says, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good and for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was there with her. (laughs) Let's not preach on that for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard a sound of the heard the sound of the Lord God, as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the, of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So Satan, uh, he not only did he plant doubt, but once that doubt took uh, a little bit of hold, then he he told the woman a, a flat out lie. Because right. he said, you will certainly not die. Because, you know, she he said, did God really say that if you eat that fruit, you're going to die? And, and she said, yeah. Right. Basically, that's what he said. And so he lied. He said, you certainly won't die. And then he says, because, you know, God didn't tell you the truth. And here's why he didn't tell you the truth. Because God knows that the moment you eat that, you're going to be like God. Right. And so the same thing that caused Satan's demise, he used... To call, to cause the, the downfall of, of mankind. Right. You know, they wanted to be like God. They wanted to have that wisdom, that knowledge of good versus evil. And so Satan successfully enticed them to do that and they disobeyed God and they listened to what Satan was telling them, urging them to do. And the other thing I like here that jumps out at me is verse eight that once they, you know, well, when he lied and said that they were, they wouldn't die, they actually died two different ways. Right. They died spiritually, and then uh, when that occurred, then their physical body started right. aging. Of that sin. Yeah, and, and they started dying physically. And also, they instinctively knew that they were now sinful and not worthy of the presence of God. Right. Because when the presence of God showed up, what did they do? Yeah, yeah. They hid. They hid. Nobody true. told them to hide. God didn't tell them to hide. You know, he didn't show up and say, you disobeyed me. You better get out of my sight right now. (laughs) That's the first time shame entered in. Yeah. Yeah. And they instinctively knew, hey, we're not worthy to be in the presence of God anymore. So um, in the garden here, Satan successfully got mankind to reject God's word and embrace his word. And in so doing, they rejected God's lordship and they embraced Satan's lordship. And once they established uh, you know, with their free will, embrace Satan as Lord over them. Satan took the dominion, uh, over the earth from them. And that's how he got, that's how he gained dominion here on earth. That's how he, he was able to establish a kingdom of darkness. Right. And, um, in a way he perverted, see, God created mankind in his image. Now Satan perverted them into Satan's image by getting them to sin by wanting to be like God which was the thing that caused his downfall. So that's how the kingdom of darkness came to be on earth. And that's how Satan 
came to have dominion over the earth. And then in Luke chapter 4, verses 5 through 8, it says, The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want. If you worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord God and serve him only. So this confirms when Satan said, um, It has been given to me. That's what occurred in the garden. When, when mankind rebelled against God and listened to the words of Satan, um, they had passed the, the dominion, the control of the earth over to Satan. I wonder here, you know, when that temptation, um, if you worship me, it will all be yours. You can't help but to think a little bit, right? Because the way, the only other way that, that that happened was, is that Jesus died on the cross. And so I wonder if that was the devil's approach was to say, you don't have to be commissioned for this because if you just worship me, I'll just give it all back to you anyway. Yeah. And you won't have to go through all, all that suffering and pain and, right, death. and so on and so forth. I yeah. wonder if that was really the angle that the devil was looking at when he was trying to tempt Jesus was saying, you know, here's an out for you. Mm-hmm. I'll just freely give it to you. Yeah. Or whether... You know, that temptation may have occurred to Jesus whether Satan knew that that had occurred or not. Because I've heard people say that if Satan knew the consequences of the cross, he never would have put Jesus to death. Yeah, I don't know. Um, So I don't know if he knew that he would lose his dominion if Jesus died. And maybe he didn't. Maybe that's why he said, if you worship me, I'll give it over freely to you. So Mm -hmm. maybe he didn't know about what was to come, but maybe he Mm -hmm. knew that he was here for something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And obviously it wasn't here for just to to play games. Right. You know, he was here for something you know, severe, sincere and serious. Yeah. And even uh, that passage where uh, Jesus confronted Legion, Mm-hmm. They said, we know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. Are yeah. you here? To, you know, why are you here? Are you yeah. here to torture us? They were surprised. Yeah, before our time. They also yeah. said that now. The, yeah. The, they said before our time. So yeah. they obviously knew something that this was all going to come to an end somehow or yeah. some way. Yeah. So my question would be then, I wonder if that was the devil's approach with that, to, yeah. that temptation. Yeah. Well, it, whatever he may have been thinking, he, you know, he was hoping to get Jesus to submit to him. Yeah, absolutely. And then he would gain, you know, whatever Jesus was sent to the earth to do, yeah. he was trying to thwart it by getting Jesus to submit and be under his authority. Right. And, and you know, it didn't work, thank no. God. <laughs> so, like I said, you know, he he's a crafty being. He's a higher being than we are, so we tend to usually fall for his tricks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we learn the hard way. But Jesus, being God Almighty, was a higher being than Satan. So, uh, really, everything Satan tried on him just failed. Yeah, and I love Jesus' answer because it really didn't have anything to do with anything about authority. Did you catch that? Mm-hmm. Jesus' response was, uh, it is written, worship the Lord God and serve him only. Mm-hmm. had nothing to do with authority or any kind of you know position or title or nothing else like that. He just yeah. simply refuted him by saying, look, I'm not going to worship you no matter what the outcome is. Right. I'm only going to worship God. Yeah. He didn't invoke his position as the second person of the Godhead. Nor did he even. He simply submitted to God. That's right. Nor did he even give any credence to the devil's claim of that, of the authority piece. It didn't mm-hmm. matter. But, you know, we talk about this all the time, you know, worship 
uh, you know, brings victory mm-hmm. because that's what it is, is worshiping yeah. God brings victory. Yeah. And I like, you're making a good point because it's saying all we have to do is submit and obey to God mm-hmm. and we have so much power over the devil. Or let me say it a different way. We limit or eliminate the devil's power over us. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put that. Yep, yeah, I agree. Simply by submitting and obeying God. Yep. Because that's what Jesus did right here. Like oh. you said, you know, he didn't cause big thunderous, mm. you know, big light lightning and thunderclaps, and yeah. he didn't cause a whirlwind to scare Satan off. He simply quoted and obeyed the word of God. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I want to add one more thing to this. Luke chapter 4, verse 13. It says, when the devil had finished all his tempting... He left him for an opportune time. Yeah, only for a little while, huh? Yeah. So Satan, even though he was out, you know, he was uh, outdone by Jesus in the wilderness, he left, but he was always looking for an opportunity to trip him up. And he does the same thing with us. You know, this is a lesson on we have to be ever vigilant, constantly vigilant. You know, we may get a victory over the devil, but then we can't just rest on our laurels because he's looking for another opportunity in which to trip us up. You know, and it's it's something because this is the only account, and then after this, you don't ever read of another account where Jesus and Satan meet on the earth. You know, for an mm-hmm. encounter between the two. Yeah. But yet, Satan used everybody else—the Sadducees, mm-hmm. the Pharisees, the scribes, the people—as mm-hmm. tools then to come and do basically the same kind of thing as what was done in the the desert in Jesus' life. You know what I'm saying? When they tempted him or talked to him and put him to the test, why are you healing on the Sabbath? And yeah. so on and so forth. You know? Yeah. The devil then started manipulating everybody else around him. The same people who worshiped Jesus were the same ones that cried crucifying. Mm-hmm. You know, so Yeah. Anyway. Yep. And the Gospel of John chapter fourteen verse thirty says, I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me. So again, Jesus is is addressing and establishing that Satan exists, and he's the prince of this world. So Satan does. Here's another verse that that establishes that Satan is real, and he has a kingdom, and that kingdom is on this earth. Um, and I like the part that says he has no hold over me, since Jesus didn't fall to any of his temptations. You know, Jesus was free and clear of Satan having any kind of dominion or hold over him. And in uh, Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 31, it says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast down. So here's another verse that establishes that Satan is real, and he's the prince of this world. So his dominion, his kingdom of darkness, exists on this world. In Colossians, chapter 1, verse 13, it says, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred, and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. So here, Colossians, the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, is acknowledging that Satan's kingdom is here on earth. It it had devoured mankind, but we've been delivered from that kingdom of darkness. And then in Ephesians, this one, this verse, you know, most everybody knows this verse. Chapter 6, verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. So our battle is not with our fellow man. Ultimately, our battle, all the wickedness that comes against us is is manipulated by these powers, spiritual powers of wickedness. And again, it says, uh, you know, rulers of the darkness. So Satan's kingdom is one of darkness. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, it says, 
As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now in, who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. So the Holy Spirit is telling us again through the Apostle Paul that uh, when we sin, we're expanding the kingdom of darkness around us and we're giving it the ability to inflict us. Um, and I'll go into that in greater detail um, in part three. Okay. Um, we put ourselves under its dominion, giving the devil room to operate when we expand the kingdom of darkness around us. And it says here, you know, he is at work at, you know, in those who are disobedient. So when we choose to be d- disobedient, we're lending ourselves to the devil. Mm-hmm. When we, when we're disobedient to God and his ways, we're saying, here, devil, use me, right. <laughs> you know, and, and we're expanding his kingdom on the earth. You know, we're giving his domain here more power. We're making it more robust, more solid. Um, so how do we avoid that? Well, real quickly, it says, you know, um, by gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. So if we resist those things, we have good thoughts. We have good desires in our heart. We resist the cravings of the flesh. Then we're, we're pushing back the kingdom of darkness and we're allowing the kingdom of light to shine more brightly in this world. And so that's the kingdom of darkness and, and how it came about. And so join us next time at Red River Rising to find out how to live in the light rather than the dark. And until then, continue to prepare your heart for the coming revival. Amen.